Siri does not work for me. And I've got my own frustrations with Alexa. Maybe we weren't the best duo here to do the <laughs> What We're Thankful For podcast. That's right. Hashtag not grateful. Welcome to GeekWire. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. And I'm GeekWire co-founder John Cook. Coming up, it is our annual Thanksgiving episode, a few days after Thanksgiving, John. But you and I have been going through our minds and everything that's been happening over the past year in the industry, in technology. And we've also solicited some great input from readers and listeners. Are you ready for this? Was this a hard exercise for you? Somewhat hard. <laughs> You know, we're always cynical journalists, so we usually are not thinking in the positive, but I think we've got a few good ones here. What's top of your list of things that you're thankful for in technology, the economy, the industry right now? Let's get positive here. One thing I'm thankful for is the ability to bring people together through community with World Cup pools. And you see this with like March Madness, NCAA, basketball pools. I've gotten into... Fantasy English Premier League Soccer. I'm big on that. This is probably one of my favorite pastimes. I do it with my son. We have a great time of tracking players and following the different games. And so the ability to do this across geographies with everything tabulated, everything calculated for you, the leaderboard set up, because Todd, I'm sure you remember the days back oh. 15, 20 years ago, I would always be the bracket master on the NCAA bracket or whatever sporting event was going on. And believe me, it was a lot of work to track 15, 20, 25 brackets and tabulate how every single person is doing. I am so glad that task in this day and age has been handed over to a computer and I no longer have to sit there and tabulate each point that a person gets in my bracket. So that's about as simplistic of a thing and superficial of a thing that you can be thankful for. But I'm starting with that one. It's a great example of the small conveniences that get incorporated into your life, become so natural as part of your life that you forget what you did before those things existed. And for me, in a bigger picture way, it plays into some of the things that are on my list, and I'll give you my first example, remote everything. And obviously, John, remote work over the past two years, two, three years has been something that's become part of our everyday work lives. But the kinds of things that you can do these days simply over the internet are incredible and basic at the same time. I've been collaborating with my mom on a few things, and she's in California. And the ability for me to call something up on my computer and to print it using remote printing from my computer in Seattle to her printer in her home in California is mind-blowing to me. And it gets into another thing where I think sometimes just the simple art of Googling solutions to things can be lost on people, especially older generations that might not be as necessarily ingrained to do these types of things. I got there by starting by simply saying, print remotely to Epson printer. And I didn't know if it was possible, but sure enough, they have a service. It took a few switches in the settings in the printer, a little setup on my PC. Boom. Suddenly I've got this amazing capability that would have blown the minds of people probably just 15, 17 years ago, because that was called a fax machine back in the day. 
that's first on my list of things I'm thankful for. Yeah, it's interesting how simple we've started here. <laughs> I mean, yes. these are not big breakthrough technologies by any means. Let's go now, John, to something that's a little more complicated from one of our readers. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I know you put a call out to readers about what they're thankful for, and I had not heard any of what came in. So I'm very curious what's on people's minds. Well, a big thanks to all of the readers who submitted their things that they're thankful for. We're going to share a few highlights here. Here's one that goes a little bit further, John, than what we're talking about. This is from Mike Bonazza. He is a regular GeekWire newsletter reader, and he says, there is one technology that I am particularly grateful for, RPA and desktop automation, robotic process automation. This is the whole notion of teaching an algorithm, a machine, a computer to do things on your computer that would normally be done by a human. He says, quote, I was recently on point to launch desktop automation at a large financial institution and saw firsthand how it will very likely change the industry for the better. A great way to restore work-life balance, in my opinion. He is the author of an ebook called Made in Canada, how America almost and still might let this generation's most important business model go to waste, which is all about robotic process automation. So that is our first reader submission on things that they're thankful for. Let's hear another. This is a submission from Maria Colacurcio, the CEO of Cindio, a workplace equity platform. She says she's thankful that companies are not using this downturn to put efforts around equity and diversity on the back burner. It would be easy to use this as air cover, but leaders seem to understand this time that decisions made during times of crisis set your legacy for years to come. And of course, Cindio, as a workplace equity platform, has a vested interest in leaders having that outlook. Yeah, this is actually a topic I've heard talked about a lot with the current downturn we're seeing in the tech economy and with the number of layoffs, which Todd, I know you wrote a story about this week on GeekWire. But there is real concern with yes. the cutbacks we're seeing that all the, um, and we haven't made huge strides, but there have been strides made in making sure that the tech industry becomes more diverse that those strides would maybe be set back. And so it's interesting to hear that people are actually thinking about this proactively as they go forward with cutbacks and layoffs. So that was Maria's perspective. I do want to share in response to that story that I wrote that you mentioned, John, I did get an alternative viewpoint, and that was a link to a uh, blog post and analysis by Sonia Khan, who is the chief economist at a company called Eightfold AI. And her research found that women actually are being disproportionately impacted by layoffs. And she has some data behind that. I've actually reached back out to them and we, we might try to get Sonia on the show. Oh, that'd be great. I, I think that's probably true. And I think you're coming out of the pandemic where women were also disproportionately set back because of the impact of, of COVID. And so it's kind of a double whammy if that's happening and something that we're going to pay close attention to. If this downturn continues, if the numbers change significantly when we look at some of these large companies that do audits of their diversity, equity, inclusion programs. There's been such a rise in diversity, equity, and inclusion officers and executives dedicated to these questions at these companies over the past few years. You would hope that at these companies, those executives are involved in these decisions and 
playing an advocacy role, at least in trying to make them equitable. Yeah, I want to piggyback off this prediction uh, because it actually dovetails into one of the things I'm thankful for. And it's a little bit of a contrarian view, but I am thankful for the idea that, well, not the idea, the reality that the bubble is bursting in the tech industry. And while that's causing some hardship and pain and some layoffs, I think the tech industry from small startups up to the biggest tech companies on the planet got way too far out in front of their skis and they were completely overvalued and a reset of valuations is good for everybody because the metrics that you needed to build some of these companies were just completely unrealistic. And so as painful as this can be, and I don't want to downplay the fact that people are losing their jobs, but a reset did need to happen because it was crazy for about eight, 10 years in terms of hiring, salaries, expectations for companies. And I just don't think it was realistic that these companies would get to that point. And not every company needs to be a unicorn. I mean, you can build a really, really solid, strong business that's profitable and growing. And I'm just thankful that hopefully we're shifting back to a mentality where real business metrics matter. And I guess I'm old school that way, but I've always kind of been the one to like shun the venture capital concept. I mean, it's for a very, very, very small percentage of companies that it makes sense for. But I think it inflated and impacted many, many others that had no business being venture-backed companies. And so I think this reset that we're going through right now, hopefully it doesn't turn into a major economic recession or depression because that would be really terrible, but a a reset and a resetting of, of the mentality of what it takes to build a company is a good thing. We saw that in some of the jobs reporting that we've been doing where smaller companies, medium-sized companies that have been struggling to hire engineers are now finding that the market has opened up a little bit with some of these recent layoffs. Yeah, you, you pointed that out in your story, Todd. I thought that was a really good point that these smaller companies, this isn't the worst thing. If you've grown a profitable business or you, you've been smart about your growth and you just couldn't hire you know, to keep up with Meta's $350,000 salary, that person might be on the market now and might have a dramatic impact on your company. So I, I appreciated that you put pointed that out in your story. Along these lines, one of the responses that we got on Twitter was from Rebecca Bastian. She is an entrepreneur and author and investor. She's a former Zillow executive. She's currently the CEO and co-founder of Own Trail. And she said, I'm thankful for other startup founders, the people I've become close to both here in Seattle and around the world that share all the ups and downs of the entrepreneurial journey together. It's been one of the best parts of building a company. I think that's great. That's very nice. And I mean, it, it's nice because we often forget that starting a company is a hard and lonely journey. And oftentimes there's not a lot of support for people out there. And I think the more that we can act as a community and bring people together to connect and recognize we're going to all get through this in a different way and provide that wisdom to get through is, is important. So I, I think that's a great one. All right. I've got a lot more on my list, John. So let's continue with our conversation about things we're thankful for in technology and the industry. Coming up next, you're listening to GeekWire. I wanted a career in IT, but I didn't know where to start. WGU makes it simple. 
Their accredited online degree programs cover all kinds of IT specialties, and they have valuable industry certifications built in at no extra cost. The payoff? Having those certs back up my degree makes me look even better to future employers. A nonprofit university that includes top industry certs in their programs? I choose WGU. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. Welcome back. It's Todd Bishop with John Cook. We hope everybody out there had a good Thanksgiving here in the United States. And we're talking this week about all the things that we're thankful for in technology and the industry. Looking at the bright side of things at a time when it's a little bit gloomy out there, I want to get back to some of the nitty gritty tech stuff that I just look at and go, how did I live without that before it existed? And I have to say, voice recognition technology, speech to text language translation, all of these things have advanced so much in the past couple years. We actually asked on our weekly news meeting, our GeekWire reporters to chime in with some of the things that they're thankful for. And this was something that reporter Nate Beck called out as something that's been game changing for him. And he pointed in particular to the language translation abilities and the fact that he could theoretically speak with anyone of any language using some of the tools that are out there right now. And to me, I use speech to text almost like it's second nature now. I can remember when we might have spent a while recording and then transcribing an interview and it's not perfect and you got to be careful, but the speech to text technology that's out there can get you so far, it can get you 95% of the way there. And to me, that's just been a total game changer. Totally agree. For reporters, it is, as you said, a game changer because you would spend hours and hours transcribing interviews and it was a painstaking process. So eliminating that and speeding that up is just really amazing for reporters going through their day-to-day tasks with their interviews and getting those transcribed. I got to say, this is a bit of a wild card, John. I don't think you would have expected me to say this. I am thankful for my drone. Really? You don't hear too much about drones anymore. I have a DJI Mini 2. It's actually my second one, I have to admit. I crashed the first one in a park, tried to repair it, wasn't able to repair it, ended up getting a second one. It's probably a little excessive, but I love this thing. Just the other morning, I looked out my window at home, and I saw that there was this jaw-dropping sunrise. It was The sky was red in the east and i just was like i gotta i gotta get out there within about two minutes i had my drone up and i got the most amazing video and i recognize that you could question the utility of this and certainly there are better applications for a drone but purely recreationally i love this thing and it's something that's changed the way i look at the world both figuratively and literally i i am so negative because all i got There's like a technology that was like really promised and hasn't quite delivered to the level that people had thought. Now, I know in certain hobbyist circles and in certain industries, I think it is having a big, big impact. Uh, You think about maybe like the insurance industry and how they're surveying for claims related to flood or wind damage or what have you. But for the most part, boy, we have not gotten there in terms of delivery or anything beyond, you know, the sci-fi stuff that was talked about five years ago. So I think it's a technology that has been slow to develop. 
to your point, John, we spoke about this a couple weeks ago in the context of Amazon layoffs, and the question was whether they were going to be proceeding with their drone delivery plans, given everything else they're cutting. Yeah, did you ever do that story, Tom? I have not done the story. I've been looking <laughs> into it, though. I've gotten some traction on it. And good, good. They appear to be going full steam ahead. This is at least one vanity project at Amazon that's going to continue. Now, they would argue, I know that it's not a vanity project. However, I think many others would say, yes, this is something that they should cut. And they're still planning. They've got milestones that they've been announcing, and they're still appearing to proceed full steam ahead. Okay. Are you ready for my controversial one? Your controversial one was drones? Yes. John, let's use that as a teaser. Okay. Let's talk about that when we come back. You're listening to GeekWire. This GeekWire podcast is sponsored in part by Yale University Press. Are you concerned about the rise of AI and how it will impact our society? Every day, artificial intelligence presents us with urgent ethical challenges. How do we harness this extraordinary technology to empower rather than oppress? Nigel Shadbolt and Roger Hampson have written a how-to for building ethical machine intelligence. Their new book, As If Human, Ethics and Artificial Intelligence, is now available wherever books are sold. Welcome back. It's Todd Bishop with John Cook. We are talking about the things that we're thankful for. We're at least trying to stay on topic here. John, you said right before the break that you have something controversial. I want to hear it. I'm thankful for Elon Musk. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Now that is contrarian. That is contrarian. I figured I'd have my own Elon Musk moment here on the GeekWire podcast (laughs) and just throw a couple grenades into the the, uh, discussion. But hear me out. Hear me out. Certainly, I'm not thankful for the last uh, several months of his behavior and how he's operating Twitter, which I think is kind of ridiculous. And he uh, has kind of gone on a misguided path here in many ways, but we'll see what he can do. But let's not forget, he is the person who really did usher in the electric vehicle era. And if you are a believer in the idea that science and technology and innovation can help solve climate change which is a topic area that we're very passionate about and interested in covering here at GeekWire. And that venture capital is starting to flow more into in a bigger way. Really, when you think about it, Musk, for all of his negative attributes, and there are many, really was the pioneer that ushered in that era. So for that, I'm thankful for Elon Musk bringing forth the idea of the electric vehicle, and making it mainstream. And I think it took a real disruptor to do that. Now, what he's been doing with his time in the last few months, I'm not thankful for that whatsoever. So you're not going to be launching a survey to consider what people think of your opinion of Elon Musk? (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. Basing your future decisions on that? No, thank you. the outcome of that survey? (laughs) No, thank you. I think, I, I mean, it is a little scary how misguided he is on this uh, path he's on. I mean, for somebody who's really tried to transform important industries, boy, this is a a strange tangent. As you know, Todd, I'm not a big believer. You're not going to see on my list of things I'm thankful for anything related to social media or social networks. The one, I guess, could argue that my fantasy English Premier League uh, soccer yeah. uh, tracking is a social network of sorts. I would say it's more of a game that I that I participate with with friends and family. 
But that I'm just not a huge fan of large amounts of tech money and attention and whatever going into the social media sphere. I think it's completely, it's not meaningless because it does have value in connecting people and making sure we can communicate more seamlessly. I just think the offerings that are out there aren't good. And I don't have faith that Elon Musk is switching Twitter for one for the better. All right. Good contrarian view. I appreciate that one. A couple more from our team. Alan Boyle, contributing editor at GeekWire, known for his space coverage, brought up a really interesting one, I thought, on the editorial conference call that we had. Mobile ticketing. This is a big one. Yeah, this has changed my life as somebody who goes to a lot of sporting events. In general, the whole notion of electronic ticketing is clearly not something that's been solved to any extent, as demonstrated by the Ticketmaster debacle with Taylor Swift tickets. And there was a great podcast on the journal, the Wall Street Journal's podcast. There was a great episode about that, and I'll link to that from the show notes. But Alan brought up the point that this has changed the way that he does things, and he's gotten used to going to sporting events and other activities where he can just trust that he has what he needs on his phone with the ticket. This really resonated with me because this has changed the way that I use public transit. I used to worry about having enough change to get onto the Metro bus or the light rail. And now I just know I can go into the transit app and with a quick mobile payment, have the pass that I need just in case there's somebody on there checking tickets. And it's been a game changer for me. Me too. And this is one where I didn't think for sure I would fully adopt this, but I guess you're forced to if you want to get into a concert or sporting event of any kind. And the Sounders, our major league soccer team here in Seattle, Sounders FC, were really advanced and at the forefront of pushing mobile ticketing. And as a Sounders season ticket holder, obviously I had to become an early adopter of this technology if I wanted to get into, into the matches. And I would say, you know, there, there are times when it doesn't work fully, but I think it's a good advancement. And I'm, I'm happy that I don't have to carry around printed tickets, lose printed tickets. Now, one thing I do miss, Todd, if you've ever gone to a sporting event with me, you know I love the old-fashioned scalpers. I love them. I love haggling. I love wheeling and dealing. I love trying to pick up a little ticket you know, a you know, single ticket here and there, trying to get it as cheap as I can. And that whole that whole ticketing system, which the clubs and the, the concert venues and the sports teams probably like that that's gone away. But I miss the era where I could go and show up at a concert venue or a stadium and get my ticket. No, I'm sorry. I had an experience once in my teens at the Oakland Coliseum attempting to go see the Grateful Dead. I thought I had a ticket. My brother and I thought we had tickets. We went into Berkeley. Wow, this is really uh, revealing something about me. Went into Berkeley, came back, and we pulled out our tickets that we had bought from somebody on the sidewalk. And we looked down and we realized they were smudged. They were smudging already. And we tried to get in with them. And we it was just such a horrible experience. that uh, it's, You I, needed I a miracle. Never... Did you get a miracle? <laughs> That's Wow, I'm so glad I'm not in that era of my life anymore. Yes, uh, yeah, the, all the deadheads are going to really love this episode. <laughs> this is great. But anyway, it's yep. it's 
it's mobile ticket. You know, and obviously we should say Ticketmaster. They're kind of persona non grata right now in the in the world because of their ticketing not going so well. So there's still probably a lot of work that needs to be done to break up uh, some of the ticket monopoly. But for the most part, I've enjoyed using mobile ticketing to get into venues. A couple others before we wrap up from our team, Charlotte Schubert pointed out something that we really are taking for granted to some extent at this point, and that is vaccines and the whole arsenal of rapid tests and therapies that we now have that have made COVID at least something that we don't have to worry about as much as we did in the past. And obviously we still have to worry about it, but it's become something that's at least seemingly more manageable right now. 100% agree with that one. I think that was on my list last year and this year again. I think that should be top of everyone's list. Kurt Schlosser on our team, who was on last week's episode talking about the Amazon layoffs, pointed out mobile payments, not just mobile ticketing, but mobile payments, Venmo. He said he sold a bike last week and basically tapped phones with the guy who paid him with Venmo, and he never would have done that in the past. He doesn't think his son in his teens has ever touched cash. This is real. Yeah. Last thing on my list, John, I've mentioned it before. It is just such a constant game changer for me. Every time I hear about a book or an audiobook that somebody recommends, the first thing I do is I open up the app Libby from Overdrive, which ties into the Seattle Public Library and many libraries around the country. Just using your library card, you can get these things for free. Sometimes you do have to wait, but if it's something that was published five, six, seven years ago, chances are it's going to be available. I just love the fact that I don't have to pay Amazon for those things. And so to me, that's been a total game changer. And I know it has been for others as well. Audiobooks too, not just print books or Kindle books, but audiobooks are available on there as well. Good tip going into the holidays. So that's the Libby app. All right. Well, thanks to everybody out there who contributed and offered their own thoughts on what they're thankful for. Thank you for making it to the end of this podcast. If you've made it this far, you are a loyal listener. Hey, leave us a review. I was checking out our, our Apple podcast reviews and we're like one or two away from a hundred. And for some reason I've run into PR firms and others. They use the 100 review benchmark as some kind of litmus test for legitimacy in the podcast world, which is odd and arbitrary to me, but hey, let's go along with it. Help us out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. But most of all, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm John Cook. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the GeekWire Podcast.